0: the ep podcast heard everywhere podcast can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.
1: mark Barzulo, village trustee down here at the nine foot homemade oak Bar. how are you if i was any better i'd be you 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 live the life you are, you are Mr. Evergreen Park. I see you pop up at, at events, and you almost have like a following that comes over and has to go over and say hello to you. I mean, you can't walk into a crowded room without being recognized, right?
2: Well, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a nice feeling to be recognized, but, you know, I was born in Evergreen Park. I've lived in Evergreen Park my whole life. I've never left Evergreen Park. When uh, I first got married to uh, my beautiful uh, wife, Donna, and she said, you know i'd like to maybe look at a house in beverly i said no that's not an option we're <laughs> gonna live in evergreen park so that's the deal and and she was from evergreen park she Liberty lived in chicago if you, if
0: you disagree with me i said it's evergreen park or nothing and uh
2: that's probably why i've been around uh i've been fortunate so i've been here what i'm 65 i'm 65 years but um, my family's been in town for over 70 years that you know they passed away now but there's been a marzullo in evergreen park for over 70 years
1: well there hasn't been a lanuti here as long as that but I did bring a podcast to Evergreen Park, and the EP podcast is brought to you proudly by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. 2.5% statement savings rate. 11-month CD, you're getting 3%. 26 months, you're getting 325 Total access checking account gets you free ATMs nationwide and a $300 bonus with qualifying activities. Paired up with their mobile banking tools and award-winning customer service, switch to a true community bank, it has never been easier. Start banking locally today at bankevergreenpark.com slash 300 or head in there to the iconic building at 95th and Pulaski, $100 required to open, member FDIC. So as Mark Marzullo sits down here with me. We just went through an election cycle, national midterms. And also we saw state elections and the mayor of Evergreen Park was reelected as a state representative as well. She has both titles. And I've been thinking about that a little bit. Now, forget whether or not you're an R or a D, if you're left or you're right. I'm not worried about those politics. But when I think about Evergreen Park, I wonder if there's an advantage. Do you think there's an advantage to having a state representative as mayor because you got a little bit more juice? down in Springfield for your village. I think it's great that, she's, that, that she does both jobs. She does both jobs
2: very, very well. Kelly Burke has been a fantastic mayor for the village of Evergreen Park. When she's in that village hall, she's Evergreen Park, period. We don't talk, and I and I talk with her, you know, twice a week. Many, I'm, I'm always communicating with her, talking to her, and it's strictly about Evergreen Park business. What can we do to make Evergreen Park better? How do we advance our our village? And she comes up with so many great ideas. And part of being that state rep is she talks to other people around the whole state, other mayors, other trustees, other state reps, and sees some of the good things they do. And then she brings some of those ideas in Evergreen Park, the good ideas, the ones that are good for our town. And she has been implementing those ideas, and they've been very successful for our village.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that I noticed was that she's been on the show Three, four times in the last six months, and I didn't even realize that she was up for election again for as a state rep. She never brought up anything about it. She could have sat her in front of the microphone and thrown out something, and she was running with she was running opposed. Like I read some articles, like the first time in a while that she had somebody oppose her, and she never took the opportunity because we were here talking about the EP. She never did it once to the point where like when I realized that she was actually running because I wasn't paying enough attention to it. I was like, oh man, she never brought any of that up. She never even asked, hey, Chris, can I talk about this or can I address this or something? Never did it. So you're right. I think there's two different hats. I wasn't sure about that, but it's something I, I can see now.
2: Really date myself, but I've been privileged to serve with three great mayors, Mayor Vacco, uh, Jane Sexton and now Kelly Burke, and I just don't see everybody had a different style. Vacco had his style, Jimmy Sexton had his style, and Kelly Burke has her style, and they're all, and they have all worked for the Village of Evergreen Park pretty well.
1: Yeah, and maybe she'll get a park named after her someday. I didn't even see that coming. All of a sudden, it was like, boom, we're naming a park the next night. I think it's a great idea. Let's be honest. There's an awful lot of things while he was the mayor, when James Sexton was the mayor, that got added and improved around Evergreen Park, and it just seemed kind of weird that we don't have anything named after him. So it made sense, I think, to name 50 Acre Park. Well, there was Benson. a reason
2: why there was nothing named after him. Really? Well, why is that? Because when he was coming to the close of his term, the conversations the trustees had, we wanted to do something for them. You wanted to name we something said, after them. You deserve this. And forcefully, and I can't say some of the colorful language he used, <laughs> said, I don't want that. Right. I'm not about that. I don't care about that. Yeah. And it took a year, warm up a little bit, warm up a little bit. Uh, Jim, trustee Jim McQuillan was very instrumental in it, got a hold of his family, and said, listen, we're
1: going to do something, okay? Now, is that why I didn't hear about it until like right before was it like something you sprung on him? Like, hey, by the way, we made this sign and you're going to show up on Friday and we're going to do this because that's what it felt like. It was like it wasn't like, hey, next month this is happening. Like I'd have somebody in from the village. I'd be like, what else is going on? And no, nobody said a word about it. Like, I almost feel like you guys were kind of like trying to to kind of spring it upon him so he couldn't say no. Well, Jimmy McQuillan actually was, uh, had the task of, uh, of working with his wife,
2: Karen, and saying, listen, we're going to do this, <laughs> okay? And I, and, I, and I think the family wanted that honor, too, because we all wanted to honor him somehow. There's got to be some way to honor this guy. And uh, basically, he said, we're going to do this, so you convince him to be happy about it. Right. <laughs> and uh, I think he was pleased. It was, an, it was something he wasn't expecting. We, we, we kind of held it quiet because we didn't want him to find out. Because we didn't want him to come over yelling at us and saying, "I don't want this," and um, it worked out well. He, he He was very humbled by it. He's a humble guy, and uh, I, I just if it wasn't for him there would be no park there, right. I don't know what would be there today. but if it wasn't for him there'd be no park there, and it's it's a tribute to a man who redeveloped evergreen Park to what it is today.
1: Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was an, a great gesture. I had no objections to it whatsoever, and the only reason I could have thought that why we didn't hear a lot of it leading up to it was exactly what you described I, I that was in the back of my mind I was like I feel like they had to like surprise we gave you a park like it had to be something like that right well I
2: and I had one request for the mayor I said, you know someday when I got on the road maybe I maybe you could look at something for me to get named up and I came up with an idea there's a there's an outhouse over at Circle Park. <laughs> And I was hoping they could make it to Mark Marzullo Memorial Outhouse. That's
1: awesome, and I, that
2: would be just good for me. <laughs> that's where I belong in the outhouse. We've all headed
1: back from a bar here in the Southwest Quadrant and uh, stopped at that outhouse because we didn't make it back to our to our own home. Uh, walking back home, so I, I would remember you, Mark, when that I was be, there. That I'd would be like, a yeah. great tribute. At one for o'clock me. in the morning, I'd be like, "I'm in the Mark Marzullo Outhouse." Okay, so. I want to ask you um, a little bit about something I read. I I read about this a couple of weeks ago. I understand this, I think, a little bit, because I spent 10 years as a, a Cook County 911 dispatcher and dispatch supervisor. But when I read the blurb put out by the village, I was like, some people might not know what this is. And it's this series of cameras that the police department is kind of placed around entry points around Evergreen Park. I'm sure the trustees kind of know about this program. And I think immediately people go cameras, what kind of cameras are these? I would think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. These are the kind of things that are scanning license plates. And this kind of technology has been on police cars for a while now. It used to be a cop, would pull up behind a car and have to type in the plate or go over to radio and say, run this plate for me. And now they're putting this technology on the cars where it just scans the cars. And if there's something attached to the car, like the guy who drives it has a warrant or the car is stolen or the car is suspected in some sort of crime, they get a ding and then they know to go pull over that car and check out what's going on with the vehicle. And it seems like the technology is being used here to keep track of vehicles coming in and out of Evergreen if you have somebody say coming in from Chicago causing a crime escaping back into Chicago you're able to see these vehicles moving in and out and it's easier to make arrest
2: that's true our police you know our police are, are are very very busy and the technology descri- described we are implementing in our village to scan license plates electronically and i, I just can't comprehend
1: how fast these machines work um, it's incredible technology that they, they, they use. I, I remember when it first started showing up when we were a dispatcher, I, you'd be sitting there going, wow, they, how are these guys catching so many things? Like, are they just driving around typing until somebody explained to me like, no, I got one of these new cars with the plate reader, right. And the plate reader just, just re, They just driving along. They're driving along, listening to the radio. And then all of a sudden something pops up and tells them like this one up here, that this one's part of a, you know, a kidnapping or an Amber alert, or, you know, this, this vehicle over here, this, the, the person who owns this car, you know, is wanted and, and the, and it and gives them that kind of information. So these aren't something that's filming citizens. No, this is not intrusion like on that. privacy. Right.
2: This is scanning license plates. And if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to worry about. You know, our position uh, and the mayor's position, I'm sure is the same is that we will do everything we can to protect the citizens of Evergreen Park. We got a lot of trouble two or three miles away from us. A lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. And it's great because we have this technology. We have probably, under the leadership of Mike Saunders, without a doubt, one of the finest, most disciplined police departments ever. And their job, those those young men and young women are dedicated to protecting the citizens of Evergreen Park. That's why you don't have the trouble that you see everywhere else because the bad guys know one thing. If you come to Evergreen Park, number one, you're going to get caught. And if you don't get caught, we'll follow up and catch you because, you know, there's so many crimes in the city and there's there, there's there's problems and there's murders and there, the detectives and everybody overwhelmed and things get lost in the, in the shuffle. They don't get lost in a shuffle in Evergreen Park. When there's a major incident, our detectives work night and day And I'd say probably they have about a 99.9% ratio of finding the bad guy.
1: Mark Marzullo down here in the EP podcast this week. We're going to be checking in at the Evergreen Park Food Pantry later on in this program. They need your help with Thanksgiving coming up and the holidays. Meanwhile, we're talking about the police. They handle everything. They handle auto accidents. And if you've been injured, you need a team that will do what it takes to fight for your rights. The insurance companies. Only care about one thing, the bottom line. Law Offices of Parente and Norum, their team has experience, dedication, proven results it takes to get you the care and compensation you deserve. I'm talking injured in a car accident, injured at work, injured anywhere. They have recovered over $400 million for their clients and the client's loved ones. For a free case evaluation, call or text them today, EP Podcast listeners, at 312 641 5926 or visit pninjurylaw.com. And Mark, before we get into some other stuff, let's talk a little bit more about the the Evergreen Park Police Department. Um, my interaction with the uh, police officers in Evergreen has always been a really positive thing. And I don't want to get too into it just because I don't want to embarrass her. But my, my daughter, she's about to turn 17 years old, had a terrible incident in the last couple of months with a boy. A young man who got a little out of pocket and <laughs> said some things that he probably shouldn't have said. That kind of scared her. And a uh, Evergreen Park police officer was over at the house. And all I expected him to do is take a report. But instead, what he did is he sat down with my daughter and explained to her, this is not normal. You're okay to feel this way. And we're not going to let anything happen to you. And he didn't need to do that. I mean, he could have just taken the report and said, we'll take care of it, sir, and walk away. He sat at the table with her and talked with her for 20 minutes. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't think that you get that everywhere. And I know my dad was a Chicago police officer, right? And I had interactions with the Chicago police But in reality, I knew that if they knew my dad was a cop, I probably got treated a little bit differently than when they didn't know, because it's a big city and they got to cover a lot of things and they get and they get very jaded. It's very easy for law enforcement to get jaded. But I I was taken aback by here's a person who could have been like, I'm going to write this real quick and get to the next thing. And he saw the look on her face, and he's like, nope, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to help her out. And I, I thought it was commendable. I haven't had a chance to talk about it, but as we're talking about these police cameras and, br- and talking about the Evergreen Park Police Department, it's something I wanted to bring up because I was really impressed by it.
2: You know, that's that's a wonderful story because, you know, we get those letters all the time from citizens of our village. Whether it be locked up, locked out in your car, or incidents pertaining to someone like what happened to your daughter. These are wonderful, compassionate people that work for a village. And it's the most stressful it's the toughest job ever. And and we're just so fortunate to have these these good people and do the things that you had mentioned it that, that yeah, they could say, Listen, I'm busy and I gotta call and I gotta move on down the road. No, he saw someone in distress. He saw someone that maybe he could give a little counseling to, a little help to. And, and, and probably made your daughter reassured that felt a lot better after she was done. She felt one hundred percent because her
1: father can tell her that, right? But she had a person standing there, was a, a stranger, but a police officer who's sitting there going, "Your dad's right about this, and this is this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to handle this, and you don't need to worry about this anymore because we're." And you know what? I think that I also felt better because I know that if I were in, I, if I weren't in Evergreen, I don't know if I would have taken the we're going to keep an eye on the house and we're going to do this, and we're, they gave me all the measures they were going to take, and I believe they were going to do it. And that was the thing, because of the amount of time he spent with The me. little
2: things they do that that you never hear about. Uh, you know, for example, we've we you know we've had a couple incidents in the past where a uh, person dies in a family. Everyone's at the wake. Bad guy's reading a newspaper. He knows the family's at the wake. They robbed the house. Now, right. it doesn't go on a lot, but it happened in the past a couple of times. Now, families, you know. They reach out to me. They reach out to other trustees and say, listen, can you help me out? I'll call the police department. They say, no problem. We'll put a watch in that house. What time are they going to be there? What time going to be away? Just little things like that to make, you know, you're in your worst possible time. You're grieving. Uh, you're lost of a family member. And you come home, your house is ransacked? Yeah. That couldn't be, that's got to be the most unbelievable feeling in the world. Now, it happened many, many years ago. And, and ever since then, we've encouraged people, if, if there's something like that going on, call our police department and, and reach out to them. And they're more than happy to look after you. They'll, they'll walk out and they'll, they'll shake the door handles when you're on vacation. They keep
1: track of it's our unbelievable. house. Every time we go on a trip, I reach out and say, we're going someplace. And the only real reason I probably do it is because since I do the show and I talk about what I'm doing, somebody might pick up if I'm not in town. And for that exact reason, and they've always been nice enough to just say, don't worry about it. And they have somebody drive by and they check the house and they make sure everything's okay. It's a service I don't think people understand that the police department does. They do an awful lot more than just pull you over and give you a ticket.
2: Well, they're, let me tell you something. They're a great group of guys. And, uh, you know, thank God we got them. Because, yeah. you know, you, you know yourself. Look at Chicago. They're, 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 they're down people. They're, nobody wants that job anymore. It's horrible. It used to. It used to be when you, with the police, officer commanded respect and deserved respect, and somehow society's turned it on. So the police are the bad guy. Yeah. I always say this, and I've heard this many times. I, you can hear all these people complain and moan about the police department, whatever they want to say. But at two in the morning, when someone's kicking in your door. You're not going to call the psychologist. You're going to call the police officer.
1: That's exactly the truth. It's exactly the truth. You're you're 100 right about that. And they have so many different things that they have to get ready for coming in this village. I mean, you're going to have a car lot coming in soon, right? You got uh, an auto dealership coming in. That's probably something completely different. Where they are, wonderful they're wonderful addition. To pay attention to the the car lot. You got a lot of vehicles sitting out there overnight, right? Wonderful
2: addition, and they'll be safe. Our guys are always on top of it. Uh, but that's going to be a, a great business for our village. It, it, it's, and I'm, I, I, I drive by that
1: project and I look at the size of that thing. It's on 95th. It's a Subaru, right? That's yes, where they're going yes. in there? Yes. And when are they expected to open? Do you know?
2: Um, Ballpark? I'm going to say probably looking at construction or they're, they're buttoning things up. Hopefully, not, You know, I'm going to say probably not till the spring.
1: And you got some other businesses that I know that are moving in soon. Our good friends over at Cool Clouds are moving their vape shop over to the area 95th and Kedzie. And the reason is because they're also the same people behind the brand new Spoken Vine that's going to be going in there. That's so you got correct. the little winery that's going to be moving in. So that's that's kind of a, going to be a neat little addition right in the center of town.
2: It's great to have those guys. And, and you know, I've watched them grow that little business. And when I came into the Village Board meeting and, and talked about their concept, of what they want to do uh, with the wine bar and different things like that, and I, I thought, boy, that's 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 a bold move. You know, it's a lot of investment. you got to take a building and you got to rehab all of it. And, and uh, I think they'll be successful. One of our main goals over there, because that parking area is tight. It is. But we have a we have a building next to it that is we've been in court with forever. It's the old. Uh, it was a nail shop. Is that to, the one put a pizza? A, is that the one that day.
1: puts signs up every once in a while that shows that they're yeah, angry? It, it I never was, understand what's going on with that. Tell me the story of that, Mark, because well, I don't even know what's going well, on. Well, the family that owned that
2: building, I actually went to school with uh, one of the daughters or two, and it was a. It was a family business years ago. It was a beef sandwich shop, and uh, they made pizzas and things like that. And then when the, the, the father got out of that business, and you know they started renting stores out to other businesses, and it was going back and forth. And you're, you know came to the end where you're getting some like, nail salons and getting some stuff in there that wasn't working out too well. They weren't paying the rent. They had all kinds of problems. And um, it was just a massive problem over there. And unfortunately, the, the 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 parents passed away. It was left to some family members, and the family members, you know, weren't really stepping up to the plate as far as what to do over there. Maybe they were a little bit overwhelmed. I don't know. To this day, the, they got behind. They got in arrears. They 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 lost the property, to taxes. Now, and, and and this is the world we live in. The village wants that property. We'd love to make it down. We'd love to put more parking in there. That's been a, that's been one of our goals when we came out with a village plan 20 years ago was businesses need parking to survive on 95th Street. But to get things done in the court system with lawyers and and, and then at the with 11th hour, we thought we had a deal done where we could buy it from the tax sale and then the person declares bankruptcy and now throws it back on the, on, on the other heap of the pile. So We want to get rid of that eyesore. We want to develop into the parking. And I think once we get that done, and we will get that done, because Mayor Burke's been all over that with the village attorneys, that's really going to open up more parking for that area over there. And uh, hopefully, you know, those businesses will even thrive more.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you that when you look at that intersection in 95th and Kedzie, there, that is something that runs through my mind when I think about going into those businesses is I'm going to pull into this busy lot and probably not even find a space. Like, I feel that way sometimes. Like, it, it affects my decision-making as I decide am I going to go into that lot or not. And you guys have done a very good job. There's a lot of municipal parking lots that are up and down 95th Street, and you've taken some properties and moved it around. But that is a congested area over there, so I can, I can see why that you, you need to add some more.
2: We thought we'd have that deal done many years ago to have that parking lot open. In fact, the owner, the owner of the property wanted it, the owner of the pro, The original developer of the property made a very good offer, we'll say to the family, and they rejected it. And now they lost everything. Yeah. So, you know, my old man always said one thing, son, you can always eat half a loaf of bread. <laughs> so if you're starving, take the half a loaf. Take the half a loaf okay, of Okay, well, yeah. these people wanted the whole loaf and the, sa- and the meat and the mayonnaise and the mustard, and it just wasn't there. There just wasn't the value of the property, and uh, things kind of, you know, went south on it, and there we are today with this eyesore.
1: All right, Mark Marzullo, so much that you gave me here today. I mean, seriously, I could talk to you for an hour and a half, but it's a half-hour podcast. I always say, no, just enough to kill myself. (laughs) I kid. He's your village trustee. You can visit him every other Monday is when they they do that down there. They have the board meetings. Two Mondays a month. Two Mondays a month. Go on down there, yell about something. And we do encourage people, if you have anything to say, please come to a meeting. I have a seven-year-old that every time he sees uh, Kelly Burke... Uh, shows her a drawing that he made of a pedestrian walkway that he wants to put over 95th Street so kids don't get hit by cars when they're crossing, and he insists upon this at every meeting. And I love the fact that she entertains him every time he does it. And I go, when he gets older, he's going to be standing in front of you at one of these meetings.
2: Well, we'll tell, we'll we'll take that concept and we'll bring it to the state, <laughs> but and the state has about. Eight thousand weeks to do everything, I mean, forget it. You can't get it was up to us we do it and we'd be done with it, but we can only control what we can control. But other than that, Chris, thanks for uh letting me be here and talk with you. It's always exciting to talk to you guys and you know and get some you know information to our residents.
1: Switch to a new age of life. Keep mom or dad, grandma or grandpa in the home. Stay out of assisted living. It's different these days. You can make the home into a smart home. That's what they do over at Hyatt Home Medical Equipment right here in Evergreen Park. If you or a loved one suffer from sleep apnea, you need the latest in CPAP technology. They have it. They have testing rooms. They'll make sure you know how to get the most out of your machine. Spare oxygen tanks, they got it. The best and latest in diabetes control, they got it. Working with your insurance, no problem. A discount for EP Podcast listeners, you betcha. Just mention us. See all they have to offer at hhme.com or stop in and get every question you could possibly have answered by their knowledgeable staff, 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Your EP podcast, Word on the Street, is on the way before that. Let's head out to the Evergreen Park Food Pantry. As the holidays approach, they always need some help. This year, they need some extra help. And it's not just money. Take a listen. The holiday season is upon us. We got Thanksgiving coming up here very soon. We got Christmas. We talk to this gentleman uh, all times of the year because the food pantry in Evergreen Park always needs your help. But these days, it needs it almost a little bit more, and not even almost a little bit more, a lot more. John Dalkey's going to explain it to us. John, how are you? Okay, how are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm ready to eat my turkey, <laughs> and uh, I know that it's coming up in a couple of days. I just worked out my plans with my dad, and know that my my sister and her family are joining us, and you know we're we're getting our stuff together. We're fortunate though, and that we're we're not in a need right now to worry about food in our house but I know more and more people are worried about it I can imagine gas prices inflation uh, the recession that we seem to be in or going into however you want to view it I know people get real political about it but you can't deny that uh, my money doesn't go as far as it used to and things are a lot tougher on people so I would imagine businesses is is up unfortunately here
0: yeah unfortunately that's true and uh, you know not only are we experiencing an uptick in um, Patrons coming here, so we have a 40% increase since July 1st of people coming here. Our food, the food that we're receiving from the Chicago Food Depository has decreased about 30%. So we're getting squeezed. And, um, you know, there is federal help on the way, you know, in January with additional funding for the food depository system throughout the United States. But just because they have this addition, the additional funding doesn't necessarily mean that the food will be available.
1: It's a supply issue, right? I mean, it's not you, the the Chicago Food Depository hasn't just suddenly decided we're not going to we're we, we're raising our prices or we're not going to. It's more because they don't have the food to give you, and you have more people, but less food available.
0: That's correct, and that's why these food drives that are coming up know in November and December are so important to us because that'll carry us through to January and hopefully in January more food will be available but you know, I, I, I think you're right about that being a food supply it's definitely not a money issue with the food depository they're struggling to find you know, the source food you know in, lar- in large quantities and this is just you know all over the country it's a concern and uh, but you know we keep uh, plugging away uh, using various resources a uh, new resource that we're going to start with is uh, uh, um, the food rescue program through the Chicago Food Depository. And what that basically means is we'll be going to Mariano's um, uh, every Thursday and picking up produce that is still good, but it's beyond their internal use-by date or sell-by date. And so I'll pick it up on Thursday and we'll distribute it on Friday. Up until this food rescue program was in place, we only received produce once a month. So now we'll have hopefully fresh produce every week for our patrons. So that's that's something to look forward to. And another thing about this food rescue program is it was very active up leading up to COVID, and then they had to shut it down because you know they couldn't get the uh, uh, food depository trucks into the stores to get this, the food. So the food depository is actually discontinuing the food rescue program, and they're pushing it out to the pantries to do it ourselves now.
1: That's that's rough. Okay, so. I'm trying to draw back on conversations we've had before on the EP podcast. So you correct me if I'm wrong here, but essentially you take, you take not only monetary donations, but you take food donations. There's when the pantry shows up at stores, sometimes they look at you and they go, you can't clean out our entire shelf. So there's a limit for what you can do. So I would assume that the number one thing you need at this moment is private citizens, not donating money, but actually bringing you food.
0: That's correct. That's the, that's the best. Because when we go into a store to buy in bulk, you know, sometimes the cashiers will push back. You know, we have a great relationship with Meyer and they, they never push back. But sometimes uh, we get gift cards or something for another store, so I'll go to use those to buy food. And, um, you know, if I buy too much, like if I buy 40 half gallons of milk or something, you know, they'll push back and say, we need it for our regular customers. And I said, you know what? These are your regular customers. They just can't afford to come here.
1: Right. I mean, and that's the crazy thing about it because— you know, here it is you're a volunteer everybody here at this at this pantry is a volunteer you're not, you're not making any money out of this you're you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart I know you work like crazy you know you you're always over here when you're supposed to be here uh, I come over here we we've, we've we've recorded when you are distributing food the amount of help that you have over here with people that are trying to to, to get the food to the people that need it uh, it's incredible to watch you guys work but in the end it's easier for somebody to like write a check or send a gift card, and right now is not the time for that. Now is the time for if you go out to the store and you're buying food for the family and you want to help out the food pantry, buy extra, bring it over. Don't give them the money; use the money yourself because they're having a hard time getting converting your dollars into food.
0: That's correct, right? And if anybody needs to uh, find out what we need, you know, they can they can send me an email at epfoodpantry.com. At gmail.com, and I will send them a PDF file of the of the list of foods we typically look for. Right. And they can just save that on their phone when they go to the store.
1: One more thing, John Dalkey. Uh, give me the upcoming food drives. What, what, what are we looking for? I know Giving Tuesday again, and then I'm sure well, you got uh, some after that.
0: Yeah, Holy Redeemer's drive is the week Sunday before Thanksgiving, Queen mm-hmm. of Martyrs, and Bernadette. And about the same time, maybe about the same time, Holy Redeemer is. And I know that the grammar schools, you know, the District 124 and the high school is having a drive. They haven't reached out to me on timing yet. Uh, I know Brother Rice is going to be having a drive.
1: They're getting 30% less from the Chicago Food Depository. They have 40% more people using the Evergreen Park Food Pantry. I would expect that number to continue to increase as somebody who has to look at his grocery bill. I know that everybody's bill is going up. Everything is more expensive out there right now. Your dollar does not go where it used to go and you still gotta find a way to survive. You may not realize that somebody who lives next door to you down the block from you is struggling if you're able to help more important than money right now is food. And it's purchasing the food that they need and getting over to the food pantry and participating in these food drives. And John Dalkey, you need anything you let us know here, but it's great to sit down with you again. And uh, you know, best, best to the Evergreen Park Food Pantry. Hopefully we can get you some more help.
0: Thank you, Chris. And we really appreciate your help getting the word out whenever we're in need. So thanks very much.
1: We're going to get more in-depth with John Dalkey over at the Village Pantry next week. There's a lot more going on, but I wanted to get that information out there right away because they could use your help now. The Pantry, located over at 2704 West 98th Place, you can drop off contributions at the Community Center, 3450 West 97th Street, and they operate on Fridays here in November, 9.30 in the morning until noon. Same thing in December, with the exception of Christmas Eve and the Friday after Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, this is your EP podcast, Word on the Street, brought to you by Cool Cloud's Vapor Shop, Quitting smoking is hard and Cool Clouds wants to give you an alternative. They have a full taster bar and they've got great CBD products. Their biggest sales of the year are coming up around Thanksgiving time, and then they move over to a new location at 95th and Kedzie. But for now, stop in and see them at 3837 West 95th Street or visit coolcloudsvapor.com. Register now for Christmas break camp. It begins on Tuesday the 27th and goes for two weeks. Tuesday through Friday, full day 9am to 3pm with crafts, games, fun, and fitness for kids grade 1 through 6. It's held at the Community Center, and for more information, give them a call at 708-229-3373. Coming up on Thursday, November 17th, there's a roast chicken luncheon at 11 a.m. at the Community Center with a $10 price tag. That lunch is free to all Evergreen Park veterans. RSVP if you plan to attend musical entertainment, Johnny Gray. You gotta get your tickets by the day this episode comes out on Monday the 14th. On Thursday, December the 1st, an adult wine and sip painting night is happening at the community center. For a $40 fee, you get all the paint supplies, wine, beer, and light appetizers. And the City Lights Orchestra is doing their annual Sounds of the Season Concert at Most Holy Redeemer this year on Sunday, December the 18th at 7 p.m. Tickets are available as of the moment this show comes out. Monday, November the 14th, at the Community Center. Get them while they're hot. This thing always sells out. If you want to spice up your life, do it the way that I do it. Delicious hot sauces, the peppers grown in Evergreen Park. They're bottled here. They're delivered in Evergreen Park and a radius around it for free. So many different flavors, so many different options for you. Check it out at SidSauce.net. And that's an episode of the EP Podcast. But don't worry, all the shows are on demand. So if you missed one recently, you can go back. We've got the unveiling of a Veterans Day mural. We've got a wrap-up of a great season by the Evergreen Park Mustangs on the football field with their head coach, Jerry Verdi. We have a stimulating conversation on pizza, among other things, with John Brand and Tim Moran with our first-ever Beer with Brand segment. We got a ghost hunter on a show just a few weeks ago. Get it all anywhere podcasts can be found And always at the EPPodcast.com Another show is wrapped up Another show's in the
2: books Another show is wrapped up And then by the looks it's gonna be a good one And we'll see you next week And the nudist basemines And the nudist Another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up Another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. The Basement, the broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the broad Basement, Slancha,
0: the EP podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the EPPodcast.com.